Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Well, as we continue in our teaching series today, uh, I want us to begin by a a little bit of a video just to kind of set our minds and our hearts uh, in place for the word today. We are wanderers, explorers, travelers, roaming the earth, field by field, moment by moment, seeking, searching, longing, desperately wanting those we encounter to know what we know, to experience what we've experienced, a life change so beautiful, a grace so sufficient. A mercy so unfathomable that we can't possibly keep it to ourselves. This is our mission. This is our purpose. To pursue the calling of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Will you answer that call? The call to wander? The call to search? The call to walk the field. As we continue in our teaching series today, it's the moment some of you have been waiting for. And it's the moment for some that you may have been afraid was coming in this series. Today, as we conclude our summer teaching series, uh, we're going to unpack the need for the call for every one of us that when the opportunity comes that we would speak of the hope and the faith that we have in Christ Jesus. And and while this call to testify, to share with others, might not uh, come first in our interactions with people, there may be something wrong if it never happens in our journey with others. And and we just can't escape the fact that as followers of Jesus, one of his last commands uh, before he ascended into heaven was that disciples would make disciples by sharing. And we find that in Matthew 28, uh, beginning in verse uh, 18, this is the great commission of Jesus. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, I know that as we have come through this teaching series and unpacked a little bit of the current data that says it's, it's a difficult time in the life of the church, that attendance is down and people's opinion of the church may not be as favorable as it once was, I think it's easy for us to see those realities and to slip into thinking that we have no part to play anymore in God's redemption story, that there's no part for us to play in sharing the good news. Or maybe we think that it is only reserved for pastors or evangelists or maybe certain leaders within the church. We just don't see it as a part of our call as Jesus followers. And so we see that as we're working to understand others, we're praying for them and we're serving them. Friends, the reality is, is that there is no better way for us to love others than to share the good news of Jesus with them. And friends, if we're not thinking about sharing or evangelism or witnessing, if we're not thinking about it, if we're not preparing for it, chances are we're missing precious opportunities of grace to speak truth and hope and love into the lives of people we encounter every day. So as Jesus followers, as we would begin to turn to the scriptures and see where they would guide us, how they would counsel us in sharing our faith when that opportunity comes, perhaps one of the most concise portions of scripture in this in scripture is 1 Peter chapter 3. So I invite you, if you have your copy of scripture today, to work your way towards 1 Peter chapter 3. And and as you're turning, uh, this is the same Peter that we studied last week who there in the upper room learned his lesson on serving. He would go on from there, and and as Jesus was resurrected, he would uh, go on and receive the call to be a leader of the church there in Jerusalem and beyond. And and 1 Peter is his writing, is his counsel to those who are struggling, who are having a hard time, because as much as we might think our day and time is unique in the struggles, the struggle of the church has been going on since its inception. Because in Peter's day, the people were facing persecution for their faith in Jesus. And that's the audience that he is writing to today in his letter. And we're going to jump in midstream in his thinking and his thought and his exhortation in chapter 3. And leading up to this, he's been unpacking how the faith of a Jesus follower, Jesus believer, should affect every area of their lives and from their homes and their families, their relationships there and at work. And so that's where we're diving into. And now he turns in verses 13 through 15 to giving counsel to how that life lived following Jesus When those opportunities come, how are we to respond? And that's where we're going to dive in today in verse 13. It says, Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 
And so within Peter's brief passage here, these couple of verses that we're going to unpack, there there seems to be a few highlights that he wants to make sure we capture. And, And one of the first things that you see is that for Peter, he's assuming that opportunities are coming for every follower of Jesus to share about their faith. And we understand this idea is that he didn't designate this portion to just certain pastors, leaders, or elders in the church. No, it's the call for every follower of Jesus that the life we are lived in obedience to him is going to cause the world to ask questions because the way of Jesus cuts across the grain of our world and what they understand, what the world knows as their base operating system. And so a life lived of faith and obedience to Jesus will cause folks to ask questions. And so that seems to be a baseline, but Peter also brings this idea of fear into the conversation, that sometimes fear is going to capture our hearts. And he addresses this when he says, revere Christ in your heart, or your translation today, depending on what you've got there in front of you, might say something like sanctify him or honor Christ in your hearts. And and all these ideas are pointing to this reality that deep within our hearts, we have a settled conviction of Christ Jesus as Lord. And, And that conviction that we are now called and commissioned into his redemption story dispels the fear and gives us the confidence we can stand on when the opportunity comes to share. And next, Peter moves on in this idea of being prepared of being prepared, and, and maybe it's too soon in the school calendar to start thinking about homework and studying and tests, but that's really what he's sharing here is this idea that we are to study, to prepare, to read, to commune with one another in preparation for that moment when we do get to speak about our faith, speak about Jesus. And, and he moves on and he says that we are to give an answer And there's this implication here that there is a conversation or a dialogue happening. And so we see here that evangelism sharing is not limited to football stadiums or street corners and just telling people things. No, there's this idea that we are engaging in relationship and conversation, journeying with others as we share with them. And the answers were to give in those moments, framed in relationship, as to answer about the hope that we have. You see, because hope is the defining characteristic of a Jesus follower. Because we know, we, we have that life of Christ birthed within us, and we know that we are called and commissioned, and that eternity is secure in Christ Jesus. So we have a hope. We're not limited to living by what the news tells us is happening in the world that day because we know a different story in Christ Jesus to share about that hope that we have. And finally, Peter says, he kind of ties the bow on this section, and he says all of these interactions, all of this preparedness and engaging in dialogue and giving an answer for our hope, all of that is to be done with gentleness and respect gentleness and respect. And so there's this idea, we don't jump into this thing where we're seeking understanding and we're praying for others and we're serving them only to lead them to a point where we start to hammer away at them. Gentleness and respect, we're working in a dialogue, answering honest and sometimes hard questions of those who are seeking uh, pastor Kerry Willis, who served on our Harrisonburg campus for over 20 years as our lead pastor, he used to say it this way. He said, nobody was convinced of Jesus because they lost the argument. Nobody was convinced of Jesus because they lost the argument. 
gentleness and respect. It implies that we're treating those we do life with with compassion and kindness. We're showing them dignity and worth and value regardless of whether we agree with what they believe or not. We are just willing to engage them with the love of Jesus right where they are. And I know, friends, even as I'm studying this, I'm beginning to go, wow, this is so much easier said than done, right? Because this text is not lived out in these walls in this hour confine of time. No, it's going to be lived out tomorrow when you go to work or when you go to school. That's where this text is going to come to life. In the middle of those hard conversations and challenging relationships is where this comes to be. But yet that's our call is to be faithful in those places. And so I, I, I want us to hear today from some people that, that are living this call. And so I've got some friends coming up. We're going to do something a little different today. Rather than unpacking the nuance of the language here uh, and teaching it, I just want you to hear it from our brothers and sisters that do this, that live this passage and understand uh, their context and their call to mission. So as y'all are coming up, grab a chair with you on the way. And we just want to have a living room style conversation, if you will, of just unpacking, you know, what, what are some of the fears that Peter uh, has or warns us about? What are some of the ways we prepare? And so we're going to dive into this together. I didn't even have to call twice. Y'all are so good. All right, so as we get settled in here for our conversation, so let's introduce yourself to the church family and uh, maybe your context, who, who your crew is, uh, where you work, and um, that food, that if you could just make it healthy, if you could just make one food healthy, what would it be? So start us right. out, brother. Sure. Uh, my name is Garrett Sir. Um, I work at James Madison University in the Office of Residence Life, so I help oversee all of the freshmen that are on campus and some of the upper class folks. So got my hands full. Um, my food, I, I had one last night. It's Little Debbie's. I love them. My brother-in-law works for Little Debbie, so he can get boxes of them for free. It's very hard not to ask him for those. Um, my name is Lynn Cook. I work at my eye doctor. I'm an optician. And my food would be a nice, cheesy Philly steak cheese sandwich, just gooing with all kinds here, of stuff. Here, here. <laughs> There's some cheesesteak fans in the room today. All right. Uh, hi, I'm Rick Chandler. Um, I work in local government. I'm on the Rockham County Board of Supervisors, so you can all say a prayer. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. It, and I said earlier, it was really hard to pick uh, one food, but for me, I, I went with ice cream. Uh, because I love it so much, so I now do not keep it in the house. It has to be a treat when I go out, because if it's in the house, I will eat it. That's our rule with Martin's potato I, chips. Yeah. Yes. Don't I mean, bring them in the house I can or they say gone. no. I can walk by a lot of things and, you know, exercise strong will, but not that. So not I ice just, cream. I just so have keep to you it. away from so the So that should be totally clients. healthy. All right. All right. I love yeah. it. I love Thanks. it. Uh, well, friends, as we begin to unpack this, uh, what it looks like in your story, in your context, um, let's begin because Peter doesn't waste any time in just in, in confessing and teaching us that uh, about fear and bringing that into this conversation. So let's start there. Let's talk about some of those fears. Uh, so I, I'd love for each one of you to take just a moment to answer this uh, for yourself. Why do we sometimes hesitate to talk to people specifically about the gospel or about Jesus? What are we so afraid of? 
I think some of the things that come to mind for me is, uh, especially early in the process of being a Christian and witnessing, practicing evangelism, it's, I, you know, being comfortable to know I'm going to do justice to the Lord mm-hmm. and what is expected of me in doing that. And I think the other part of it is um, a feeling of, you know, rejection and how that might affect a relationship, you know, with a friend or somebody. So. Um, mine would be rejection, and then mm-hmm. just not knowing where that person is. I may be totally wrong. Like one time, I judged a person because they had tattoos all over the place, and then I went to my children's um, babysitter, and I said, "I met this guy." Here. She said, "Oh yeah, he's our um, music pastor," and I went, "He's what?" <laughs> um, so I learned right from then that you know you never know. Uh, I think for me, growing up, I was a people pleaser, and so if I do something or say something that somebody didn't like, and you know, they created distance, which is part of this rejection piece, it was the people pleasing side of me that would keep me from saying something that might push them away from me. So would one of you mind just unpacking a little bit, how have you addressed those fears in your life? And I, hey, I still feel that hesitation and struggle, and yes, a fear uh, when you sense that call to the Lord. So how, how do you unpack that in your story? How do you overcome that fear uh, of sharing about Jesus? I think for me, I, I had somebody introduce this concept to me years ago, and the, and the phrase that has stuck with me is um, having an eternal perspective mm-hmm. um, and not just being stuck in the here and now, but for my soul, for their soul, it, you know, having this eternal perspective of, I can be fearful of this, but even more so, I want them to see the the generosity of the Lord and mm-hmm. not be um, hindered by my human tendencies, but you know, be able to think of their eternity as well. Amen. Good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think just making sure you have a relationship with the people that you're talking to, and don't let them. You can't just let them know you can't do this, you can't do that. That's not what it is. It's about having a relationship with Jesus. It's making sure that you have a relationship with them first and then let them know, you know, the relationship with Jesus is going to be so much more than I can ever give you. Amen. Amen. Well, as Peter is unpacking this idea, you know, he moves from bringing fear into the conversation. Then he says, uh, revere Christ to settle that. And then he says, be prepared. Be prepared. He, he's pretty clear we're not to wing it. Though I'm, I'm a wing it kind of guy, like that's my style is let's just figure it out as we go. But no, Peter's saying, look, let's prepare uh, for answering that hope that we have. How would you say, one or two of you, how would you say that you prepare? Uh, have you found specific scriptures that have spoken to you? Uh, maybe it's a podcast, maybe it's a YouTube channel, uh, maybe an author. How have you prepared uh, to be ready when that opportunity presents itself? Uh, I think probably almost all of the above. Um, <laughs> definitely certain books by authors have been helpful. Always uh, getting more grounded in the scripture. Um, and understanding now, you know, whenever we have this opportunity, it should be almost automatic. So uh, relying and being led by the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, learning that process and know that you can't necessarily, you can't necessarily go wrong, even if you feel like when, a, you know, the first time maybe, they're not getting or they're pulling away or rejecting. It's not, it's temporary. So I would say overall, it's not failure. And that's, that, that would be what I would say to, I think, encourage someone 
okay. is, is uh, you know, always keep trying. I, there was a situation I was in, I didn't mention this the first time, but um, it took probably a couple of years in one particular situation where uh, just the opportunity kept arising and then finally the person you know, gave their life over to Christ. So that's that's mm -hmm. really gratifying. To not, Sometimes not it's to the give long up hole. Not to give. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Christ. You know, we have that background, as you were saying. So it's we don't. You know, He never gave up on us. Mm. Amen. And so we're only sinners saved by grace too. And if we keep that in the back of our mind, I think that makes a difference. Okay. And knowing we're just, you know, we're just like you. We're, we're just together. one of the people. You know? Yeah. Lynn or Garrett on being prepared. Yeah, I think for me, it's our small group, our, our life group. Um, we're in a life group with, it just happens to be a bunch of Russians <laughs> and they awesome. are very different in how they talk and how they speak in, I think in their honesty, um, and how I, in a good way, argumentative, because mm -hmm. it's a, it's a sharpening of what all of us believe. Um, and so we have thoroughly enjoyed being sharpened in what we believe, what we think, being hmm. challenged to think about something in a different way, but it's all pointed back to the Lord. So I think every week being able to look forward to a conversation like that has been uh, excellent, and then carrying that into yeah. the other part. Somebody asking you hard questions will force you to prepare, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And, and I would look back on, on my journey and just identify a, a season of time when I had to make my faith my own. And so preparing, as I thought about that, there was a season there where I uh, was diving into podcasts and scripture and, and reading a lot of, uh, one of the authors I still enjoy reading is N.T. Wright. And there was just a season there that I can look back and identify that faith and loving and serving Jesus went from what I've been told to what I was understanding and living for myself. And that made a difference for me because I was no longer regurgitating information. Well, the preacher said, or the church says, no, it's like, well, well, I've experienced this. I know this. I can share this now from experience. And so for me, preparing uh, looked a lot like in that season of just settling my faith as my own. Uh, and I think a lot of people go through that uh, because we can come up in the church and our faith is our parents. And at some point, it has to become our own. And so I think that's part of the prep process Peter implies here that this is coming for all of us. There's an opportunity coming for every one of us to share, to point to Jesus in our story. So would one or two of you just share, when has that happened? What Can you recount how that came to be, out of what circumstance, and, and what happened? Yeah. I've been at JMU for just over three years, and uh, I feel like, you know, as we were talking about, like, playing the long game, um, <laughs> it's, it's very challenging being a Christian at JMU, especially in my department, because it's very progressive and far left and um, yeah, just really challenging. But uh, last month, our uh, family experienced a couple deaths in the family. And when I got to work and told my, you know, told my crew what was happening and, um, you know, they said, oh, that, that's terrible. Oh, it must be so, so bad, so sad. And it was, a, you know, that was the moment that I, you know, felt the Holy Spirit saying, well, share with them what's truly going on. And, you know, so I was able to say, well, it is, there's a sadness in losing someone I love that, you know, in the proximity, the personal, you know, personal space there, but um, there's a much greater good happening here. And I have confidence that, you know, they love Jesus, they are in heaven. And 
it's actually a rejoicing. Um, it's a celebration of their life and a celebration of their relationship with the Lord, and, and they're in a great place. They're dancing. Um, and so that was a, a starting point for some. It was a continuation of the conversation with others uh, in my department, but um, that was one of the moments. Man, and I, just what's so powerful to me about that opportunity, that story, is it came at a time when you're experiencing grief and loss and hurt of our, of our experience of losing loved ones, and yet that was an opportunity that Jesus redeemed uh, to share with others. And so that speaks powerfully. Wonder- I'm going to call someone out. Uh-oh. I used to get a phone call uh, Friday night, Saturday night, sometime around 11 o'clock. I was always answer the phone, maybe in my pajamas, but they would call and say, can we come over? I said, sure. Hmm. Not mention any names, Jared. <laughs> um, but he would come and sit on my couch, and him and some other guys, and I would just feed him, talk to him, or have to go put my clothes on and act like I was still up and, <laughs> you know, all this. But um, I had a small part in Jared, and then every Sunday he would be sat in the back seat, and I would just give him a hug. Just to let him know I loved him. <laughs> you always looked like you had been up. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> of course, young boys, they weren't thinking about that. You know, they'd stay up all night. Yeah. Um, I think for me, there was a situation where I was in, in my former church, and this uh, good friend of ours, this lady, was coming to church. The husband wasn't sporadically. We'd see him every now and then. But there was a lot of questions and hadn't really accepted um, you know, Christ, and so this person, she approached me and said, would you mind meeting with him? Uh, just pick a time and place and, and meet with him and, you know, discuss your faith with him. And so I agreed to, and we met at a park, and it was a, it was a very powerful time uh, in the Lord. And what I'd said earlier was, you know, there are no accidents, so the time period was unique. If that would have happened a couple years earlier, I don't think the Lord would have had me prepared. So, you know, being prepared, led by the Holy Spirit, grounded more in your faith, it was easy to talk and then go to scriptures when there were hard questions being asked. So it was pretty tough. So being able to, you know, go back and show scripture and stuff. And then a follow-up later at church, when he came to church another time, he cornered me. <laughs> we went into another room and was asking more questions, and I was sharing scripture and praying with them. And, um, you know, as I said earlier, he's now uh, in church, has accepted Christ. And I didn't share this, by the way, the end of that story, it went kind of long. I was sharing in between services. Some years later, tragically, they lost a son in an accident, mm-hmm. an automobile accident. And it was like a real aha moment as I went back to see them. It was like, oh my gosh, so all that, you mm-hmm. know, those years before, when I had that opportunity, I was sharing, and now they've accepted Christ. They were coming to church. It prepared them for this loss. Wow. So, wow. amen. I, and I, I found, and I, y'all can say comment or we can just go on, but like, in those conversations and some of those opportunities, I have found that people are really okay if we just give an honest, wow, that is a great question. I don't know the answer. Uh, just to admit that we don't have it all figured out is sometimes an invitation point, a continuing point. Now, Let's follow through, right? Like, let's do some preparing and get back. Uh, but people are okay to hear a compassionate, genuine, I don't know. That is a really great question. Let, let, me, let me talk to some friends. Let me talk to some mentors and get back with you. 
Um, because I, I can sometimes feel like, even in, in ministry, if I've got to have an answer. And man, it, sometimes the best answer is, great question, I don't know. And people are okay with that. Let's continue. Um, Peter, uh, 2,000 years ago, he bow ties this, these couple ideas uh, and says that all of these interactions, all of this is to be done in gentleness and respect. Now, that seems simple enough. Why do you think that he preserved that so that in 2022, we're, we're studying this and unpacking it, we are faced with this idea of all of our interactions, our going out and sharing, are framed within gentleness and respect. Why do you think he explicitly gave us that? You know, I think it goes back to God's mercies for us. You know, mercy is such a powerful word. And, and um, you know, I shared before uh, the scripture, Micah 6, 8, talks about doing justly and loving mercy, and then walking humbly before the Lord. And so we have to remember that we were sinners saved by grace. We were, you know, in the same boat. And, uh, you know, except for possibly in that situation, we've already accepted Christ and loving Christ. You know, we're still, we still fall short. And so we have to learn that, you know, it's important that we still respect someone in their situation stuff because we don't have all the answers. And I think in your witnessing, you know, it's going to be, you're going to get further in that process and hopefully win them over, you know, when you treat them with respect and know that you care about them and care about their situation. So. Yeah. Um, this morning, my kids were ridiculous, and my wife plays. Uh, she's up here in the worship band, so I had them at home, barely made it into church, and there was lots of emotions happening, right? But once I got the kids into the car and everybody quieted down, uh, my two-year-old daughter said, Dad, can we sing Do to Others as you would have them do to you? And when I heard that, my heart just, you know, softened completely because here, little two-year-old asking to do something like that, that's what mattered to her. And so when, when I hear Jared say, you know, 2,000 years ago, uh, Christ, you know, put this out there, I'm like, well, yeah, it's still completely relevant. That's how I would want to be treated. Why would I not do that to somebody else? So, yeah, I, I think for me that... Uh it speaks to, it's not only the content of what we're saying, it's how we're saying it uh, is as much. It's a merger. It's a both and in that conversation. Uh, so, all right, lightning round. Uh, we'll see how this goes. I'd like for each of you to, to give us an answer, okay? Uh, other than yourself maintaining a close, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, what do you think is the most important thing to remember when the time comes to share with someone about Jesus? Yeah, I think for me, it's being able to stay centered, say a quick prayer and put my perspective where it needs to be and also trust that the Lord has given me the words to share because it's, it's his words. It's not really mine. Amen. Um, just be open. Um, just love them <laughs> and just um, be there for them. Follow up with them. Um, send them a text that you're thinking of them. That goes a long ways. Yeah. Hug them on Sunday mornings. <laughs> yeah, I, I think letting the Holy Spirit lead you, you know, just pulling back into that and in your personal relationship and knowing that you're meeting them where they are and letting them know that. And a lot of times it's just about letting them know they care about them and love them before you get to the other part. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, I framing that last question in, in the idea of relationship, like that, that's, that's the given 
uh, of this answering this question of what's most important. And I think for me, it's remembering that in those moments, you know, we, we're praying, we're in communion with Jesus, and we encounter that, we've encountered something we didn't generate, that that is provenient grace. That's the Lord leading in your life and their life to make that moment. So in that, the most important, A, very, most is a hard word, but one of the most important things to remember is that that moment is bigger than me. That moment is bigger than what I can come up with. And so if I'm responding from my relationship with Jesus and praying uh, that he's given me the words, that we can trust that the Holy Spirit is there. And, and we, might, we might get done with that encounter and go, what in the world was that? But that's an opportunity to trust that in those moments from our relationship with Jesus that he spoke through us. Uh, in that opportunity. So, uh, well, friends, thank you so much for coming up. Can we give him a warm round of applause for, for sharing with us today? And uh, as the band is beginning to make their way forward today in closing, I have a question. As we continue in our service today, I would love to just know from you, like, it's crazy to me that God so redeems and restores us it, that he invites us and he can use us in his redemption story. Like that's just grace and mercy on a scale that's mind-blowing. That can only be God. But in that, who in here has benefited? Who in here is a Christian today or is, is a follower today or leaning in today because someone shared with you? Because there was an opportunity that you were a part of that a pastor or a teacher, a life group leader, a Sunday school teacher, someone shared with you. Would you, just, would you be bold and raise your hand today? That's the power of this. Is that our stories have been changed because someone was obedient in that moment of grace in our story. And man, that, that was Lynn Cook for me. She was obedient. I mean, I, she looked so good when we'd stop by at midnight. I had no idea she'd been in bed. You know, but that's just that moment of grace. And, and there's so many more markers, but, but the reality of following Jesus and pursuing him is that he's tapping on us now and saying, go. Go share with others. Share the hope that you have. Tell your story that they too might find new life. And so friends, today the Lord is calling us to be in relationship with him and to go take part in his redemption story. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to get over of just how crazy that is. That God can take our lives, the mess that we've made of it, and because of Christ, transform us to where we can actually go and bear witness to him and his goodness. Friends, that's our call today that's our call today so wherever you are in that journey today whether you're just amazed that Jesus would invite you in would, would you step in today step into that relationship with him and allow him to begin that healing and restoration in you your life and your eternity will never be the same and friends, maybe, maybe you're a little bit like me and for a couple years I knew what it was to follow Jesus, but there was a time when I had to make it my own. When it had to be more than just what the preacher was saying, I had to know it. Friends, the Lord is faithful to journey with you through that process. To grow you, to reveal himself to you. Will you just step out with him? 
See, because we all, if, if sometimes, you, you know, you grow up in church and your faith is your parents. And so many young people have to discern and have to learn what it means that their faith is their own. It's their choice if they're going to follow Jesus. And friends, some of us as adults have maybe borrowed on other faith. And it's time to make it our own. God is so faithful to journey with you, friends. Maybe it's a season of preparation. It's a season of praying. But whatever it is, will you just respond to Jesus today? Right where you are. Will you feel his hand, his presence hand upon your life? And just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, um, wow, crazy, crazy grace, God. That you would take our lives and you would so transform us. God, from the mess we used to be to being your representatives. Lord, that's a miracle of grace and mercy. Lord, that's Jesus. And so today, we we embrace you there. And Lord, today, we feel your hand upon our heart, Lord. And we just want to say yes. We just want to say yes. Lord, if we're here today and we need to experience you for the first time, Lord, we say, yes, come, begin that transformation in me. We say, yes, Lord. Lord, if we're in a season, Lord, where you're leading us to ask some hard questions of our faith, of our experience, Lord, we say, yes, Lord, we are with you. And Lord, we want you to have your way with us. Lord, we want to be your prepared people for those opportunities that are coming, Lord. Because many of us were once an opportunity for someone. And so, Lord, we pray for the opportunities that are ahead of us all to share. God, we pray that your provenient grace is at work even now. In our families, in our schools, within our co-workers, Lord. Help us to see the opportunities when they come and to speak from a position of relationship with you and just to share of your goodness and your grace, God. We love you today and we seek you. We say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.